Well, I, I think that John and Mike had built a uh, foundation to build upon, and I think that's what we're doing now, and I think moving forward, that's what these two are going to be building upon, that foundation. Uh, we've got some great players in this organization right now. Um, I believe there's a great culture in this organization right now, which is what they will find. They haven't seen that as much yet because they haven't seen all the players together, but that's something that Rich had built uh, over the last six months, is a fantastic culture in this building. And uh, I think that uh, just now we're just moving to the next level. And that, it's not a rebuild, it's not a reload, it's just taking this to the next level and uh, getting to that Super Bowl and winning some championships. Got a good old fashioned ass kicking tonight. Aaron Rodgers has been a very selfish guy, like period. I go back and I hate to do this, but I go back to personal experiences. Aaron Rodgers came to me when I signed my deal with the Green Bay Packers, my extension, my first extension after my rookie deal, came up to me because players had been going back to the organization front office and trying to renegotiate and not being happy uh, with the contract that had been signed. And his words to me were, don't be that guy. Don't 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 sign this contract mm. and then want more money. Now, all of a sudden, you mm. forget those words that you have poured out. All of a sudden, it's it's about the money. You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Greg Jennings. Thinks that's Aaron that Rodgers. Was. That was yeah. Greg Jennings. Thinks he's very selfish. He also got yelled at by other Packers. By the way. Greg Jennings says that, and I can't remember which one, but like a couple other Packer, former Packers players that played with Aaron Rodgers came out yelling at Greg Jennings. For saying that. For yelling at Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to be friends with Aaron Rodgers. I got to argue with my other friends about you. <laughs> Terrible. I don't want to do that. Sounds like no fun. I got to either defend your honor or yell at you for being selfish because... I'm Greg, glad he yelled at him for being selfish. Greg Jennings apparently took less money at one point. Is okay. that what he was trying to imply? Or that Aaron Rodgers wanted him to take less money at one point? Aaron Rodgers wanted him to take less money. And right. now all of a sudden is like, well, I should get paid more money. Yeah, I should get $50 million a year. <laughs> Which again... Which you it, might. I, I don't understand how more quarterbacks haven't seen what Tom Brady did and be like, so wait, if I take less money but more guaranteed money... You can get me my tiny white wide yeah. receiver that I love? Okay. <laughs> to be completely honest, Jared, I would rather make a lot of money than win a Super Bowl. I mean, I think, yeah, that's the factor. There is a factor. Really? Yes. Do you get to still be married to Giselle if you don't win all the Super Bowls? <laughs> like, take Derek Carr as an example. If I was Derek Carr, I would be searching out the largest possible contract I could get this all this if, whole, in fact you told him you're not winning the Super Bowl because he'd have yeah, to make yeah. a decision right because yeah. you just said you'd rather this have money whole than this whole seven o'clock conversation we had about Derek Carr potentially taking less money to to help the Raiders right. you know have more right. to spend in free agency that would not be me I would be you are paying me the maximum amount that I can be paid okay what if you were guaranteed to take less money but you were guaranteed a Super Bowl I know how much less if we're talking two uh, million less no. sure if he I've could got get a, forty. If I got to cut my salary in half, no chance. If he could get 40 if he pushed it with no Super Bowl, if you guarantee him a Super Bowl, he'd take 30. Nope, taking 40. 40 okay. a year, that's for like the next four years? No, no, no chance. Do you guys remember the Super Bowl? <laughs> you tell me a Super Bowl's worth $40 million? In endorsements? Maybe. Uh, no. You may. No. How, How many, many people are showing up to listen to Derek Carr preach? 15,000. He doesn't need help with endorsements. He can just charge people to come listen to him preach. Okay. 15,000. All I, I will say, though, 
He's still in the NFL. It's not I, like he I no longer it. exists. You can still get endorsement deals. I My question, actually, with, with all quarterback uh, contracts is, okay, but how much is it guaranteed? Because I remember, was it the Jimmy Garoppolo and the, uh, may have been Colin Kaepernick, to be honest with you. Like, there were contracts that would sign that were just like, it's $140 million, $30 million guaranteed. Well, that's what we were saying earlier. It's probably, let's say uh, Tyler's numbers were... Three more million. years, thirty six. So yeah, get like half guaranteed. Get like fifty or sixty guaranteed. Well, outside of Taysom Hill, quarterback contracts have gotten a lot of guaranteed money recently. It's got. I think it's most of them have been over half of it's been guaranteed. But there used to be a lot of contracts where it was like Jared said, very small amount of that contract was actually guaranteed. And Taysom Hills is kind of that way, where Taysom Hills is like. Whatever it's like, ten millions guaranteed. But like, if he's the starting quarterback, he's gonna make like forty million dollars or something. Like something. Taysom's betting on right. Taysom. Like, like if he if he's the starting quarterback, Taysom Hill is rich yeah. and he is set. Like he's gonna be the most expensive player in the NFL, but he's not gonna be the starting quarterback. So that's probably not gonna happen. But yeah, I think most of them are getting guaranteed. But oh, to me, there's no question. Ten million a year. I'm taking that over a Super Bowl. Taxes? Yeah, it's just still you're still you're still getting taxed. Like you're still either making thirty or forty million. You're, it's not like you're okay. both of your arguments, Jared, is like endorsement deals. You can still make endorsements. You're still in the NFL, and you're still getting taxed. You can make endorsements still if they know that you said I won't win. And, oh, I have to come out and say yes. Yeah, if you're going to make that choice, and everyone's going <laughs> to yeah. know you don't want to win, and then it's like, why am I endorsing this guy? Yeah, he doesn't of even want to win games. What? Some give me the whatever the stock market apps on your phone. Tyler Bischoff cares about money. <laughs> Get the Robinhood app today and take your money to the next level. I, no <laughs> doubt about it. I will also Bischoff say, cares about money. Your tech. <laughs> Your tax argument isn't great in the fact that we basically, in the previous segment, had a whole conversation about a group of guys who don't pay any taxes <laughs> telling their players, you guys are asking for too much money. Uh, if I was a free agent, I would be taking the most amount of money possible. The only the only thing that I... I'd have two things enter into the conversation. Like, if I was a free agent, I'd have two things enter into the, the, the equation besides most money. Number one, what city am I going to, right? If Miami is offering me a million dollars less than Buffalo, I'm going to Miami. I don't want to live in Buffalo. Jacksonville is offering you the most money. I'll probably be fine in Jacksonville. Um, and the other he thing does is like, like strippers. And the other thing is, do I hate anyone on the team that is offering me the most money? Like if I have, if I, if oh, I would hate, that really bug you? And there's a lot of guys on a team. You no, don't have okay, to really okay. deal with them. Okay, not the backup linebacker. I mean, I meant like coach. Yeah, he means like, he, oh, like Rex okay. Ryan wants to make you right. the highest paid. All right, all right I right. get that. So th- those are the only other two things. But otherwise, I'm taking the most money I can possibly get. Okay, then how much less money would you take not to go to Buffalo? Oh, like, like let's say your like number five percent of the your total number salary. starts not at forty million. Yeah, yeah. But you must live and play in Buffalo for like eight years. Right. So Buffalo's offering four year forty million over eight years. Okay. Miami, if they're offering at least thirty five million, I'm going to Miami. Per year. I will yeah. I will also say that's probably Florida taxes. It. He probably will actually make more money yeah, in the long okay. run. That's I it. didn't think of that. Throw yeah. that away. It doesn't even have to be Miami. It can be He might get an alligator be... thrown at him by a lady on <laughs> meth, but it can be Atlanta or whatever. Could but be the yeah. Rams. Could be. They'll take your 
So, yes, that is, I'd say that would be sort of close to the amount, would be like maybe $5 million. But, yeah, I am, <laughs> I don't I don't care about winning a Super Bowl. I'm here to make as much money as possible. I just want to ask Derek Carr that question. Listen, <laughs> at Grandy Las Vegas Street Journal, do you care about winning them? I'm offering you $40 million right now, but you have to have 30 and no Super Bowl. What do you want? And you can still get these 15,000 men to join you at the... Uh, <laughs> at the uh, Christian uh, gathering where he's going to speak. We haven't talked much about that, but I give that guy a golf clap. I also, well, I'm more confused about like, come on, boys, we're going to hear Derek Carr. Is Derek Carr a great speaker? I don't know. Is that? Uh, John Gruden said he was. Okay. John Gruden went to one of his, uh, where he was preaching. I don't know if it was a church service or what, but John Gruden, I remember that. John Gruden was like, that guy was great. Okay, all right. And he held a press conference the other day previewing it, and some people showed up in Raider gear, which is not a shock. I mean, you also, to clear John Gruden's bar, you got to just knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> what if he's up there at the pulpit? Hold on. I need to ask you the same question. How much money are you turning down to win a Super Bowl? I mean, I'll take 30 because what am I going to do with $30 million? I can't even spend 20 so if I'm getting 30, I know where it's going. It's not going to me, but I can win a Super Bowl and be in the, the biggest stage and go to Disneyland and do all that stuff. I'll probably take 30. You can go to Disneyland with $40 million, Ed. It's There's nothing stopping you from going. I will say that the difference between, you know, 10 million and a billion is the moon. So, like, all right, 40 million versus 50 millions. What What's the difference there? I'm buying a... Used Bugatti instead of it's ten million every year of the contract that we're talking yeah. about. If For I'm like signing a five-year five contract, deal. we're talking about fifty more million dollars. I'm going to earn versus Ed, who wants to win a stupid Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, I do. I who cares about the Super Bowl? This my whole life so when I was a little kid with David and Darren in the backyard tossing the pigskin around. What? What I've, it's the only thing I've ever dreamed about. I'm going to give it up just for money. Yes. <laughs> I'm taking the money. Well, okay. I'm taking the Super Bowl. Why can't we just do the best of both worlds where you literally your first two contracts, you are just an absolute Ebenezer Scrooge. I want all the money possible. And then on your last contract, you're like, yeah, like uh, six, six bucks. All right, come on. Let's go win a championship. Maybe. But then I'm probably not any good. What are you talking Unless about? I'm Tom Brady. Are the best two quarterbacks in the league <laughs> this last year. 40. One of them was like 40 and the other one was 44. <laughs> It's a good point, but uh, yeah, like it's these the quarterbacks in their thirties who are crappy. How low are you going? If I told you you could make uh, forty million, if I said you're going to get Derek paid, Carr, yeah, I, I tell yeah, you can make forty million dollars. No. You're never going to win a Super Bowl, or you can make ten million and you'll win a Super Bowl. Uh, oh no, I'm taking forty million dollars. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, hold on. Dollars. Here, here's the here's the follow up. Am I the reason? If I'm only making ten, but I'm getting the MVP. And it's like, it, none of this would have been possible if it weren't for Jared. You can literally have the greatest season in the history of the sport, but you made $10 million. Clint, your Hall of Fame jacket. I'm pretty sure pretty sure Patrick Mahomes has already checked that box and made way less than $10 million. So, yeah, sure, let's do no, it. No, 40 to 10, it's not even a question. 40 to 30, I'd take the Super Bowl. But 10 over 40, i take the money. Absolutely. I mean, Forty million. Am I the only one that wants glory? <laughs> yes. No, you both want glory because you're more. I, I both. I want glory as well, just not at ten million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have price. I do have my price. <laughs> I am taking the most money possible.
There is no doubt about it. That's an easy decision. Most here's the thing: athletes can only make money in their profession for like ten to twenty years. The good ones, the right? really good ones, for twenty years, right? Like Tom Brady's career was twenty-two seasons. How old is he? Forty-five. He's Forty-five. He conceivably has fifty-five something more years to live. I mean, according to his doctor, who's not a doctor, he's got about 100. <laughs> That's, you're right. He has 100 more years to live. He should have been making, granted, his wife makes a lot, too. He should have been making as much money as possible, because how the hell is he going to support himself in 100 years? And he has I all these kids. to support him. And yeah. he does have those kids. Yeah. I mean, she literally sold a coffee table book that was $700 retail. It sold out in a day. If I'm playing in the NFL, <laughs> I want to have, I want to make enough money that I don't have to think about it, not even for a second, for the rest of my life, even if I live to be 200 years old. So you can't do that with five years at $30 million? No, it would give really? me more. It's easier if I have more. You're spending a lot of money then. See, I take it as I can't, I can't spend anything. She'd probably, if we had $30 million, I could probably click on Amazon a few more times a day. <laughs> but other than that... <laughs> He's right. It really wouldn't matter. He's playing this. He's playing this from like... From he, the reality him standpoint. right now, yeah. all of a sudden, Ed Graney starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> You're listen, no, no. You have the millionaire lifestyle for the rest of your life. But I'd have that at thirty a year. Yeah. yeah. But I'm yeah. giving you an extra ten million every year of the life of this contract. That's better. Listen, I'm having a personal chef and a personal masseuse live in my house with me. They're going uh, on the seems, private plane. I'd say that to seems like trouble I'm based on uh, Antonio Brown. I would not recommend I'm not Antonio any. Brown. <laughs> they're living in the house with me, and anytime I go on vacation, they're also coming with me. On your private jet? Yes, because I have made more money than you because I, I don't care about a Super Bowl. I getting your private jet. Well, <laughs> if you just charter. You're not your own plane. You would just charter where you're going. Well, I'm taking the biggest contract possible, so I might own my own plane, unlike you, bum, who made $30 million. (laughs) Planes are expensive. This is a no-brainer. I mean, I can probably find you a pretty good deal on a, like, used uh, private jet. Uh, The last owner, you know, he he died in custody in New York, but uh, no one seems to want to buy it. Okay. All right. (laughs) I would rather have a... Live in personal chef. I think I could get a chef with a thirty million a year. If I'm choosing between the two, I want the live in personal chef over the Super Bowl. I think I could win the Super Bowl and get a chef. How much? How much does a live in chef? Cost I'm on you? it. <laughs> Can we Google? Jared, that? we're going to break. Find <laughs> out next how much a live in personal chef costs. Bischoff's Briefs. I never realized baseball had so much butt touching. Bischoff's Briefs. That's how they communicate. Bischoff's Briefs. It's like Braille, but with butts. Bischoff's Briefs. Read my butt! Here we go. We got tickets to the Mountain West Men's Basketball Tournament. The semifinal session on March 11th, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number five at 702-364-1100. You'll be going out to the Mountain West Men's Basketball Tournament, 702-364-1100. Now, I've got another complaint on UNLV basketball here. They lose to Boise State, and I'm just piling on the complaints this morning, apparently. First place team comes in and beats you. (laughs) What a bunch of bums. So... 
This, I think Kevin Kruger made a big mistake with Bryce Hamilton. Bryce Hamilton only played 27 minutes against Boise State. Uh, and the reason he only played 27 minutes was foul trouble. He committed two in the first half and only played 10 minutes of the first 20. Uh, then committed two more in the second half, had four fouls, and ended up with just 27 minutes. That is tied for his lowest minutes played in a Mountain West game this season. The only other time he played 27 minutes was when they blew out San Jose State, and he didn't need to play the end of that game because they were up by 30. But Kevin Kruger effectively fell into a trap, uh, the trap of where coaches foul their own players out of the game. So here's the key. In basketball, if you commit five fouls, you foul out of the game. The punishment is you cannot play anymore when you commit five fouls. The trap that coaches fall into is they take their players out of the game before they commit five fouls, and they effectively punish their players before they actually get to five fouls. Coaches end up sitting their players in the first half when they commit two fouls, and then in the second half when they get to four fouls. And the trap is that the premise is that coaches believe the final five minutes of a game are more important than the other 35 minutes of a basketball game when all minutes are the same because points scored at any point are worth the same, right? Hamilton did not foul out of that game, but Kevin Kruger effectively fouled him out of that game. He did not, 13 minutes, Kevin Kruger had to watch his team play without Bryce Hamilton because Kevin Kruger decided to sit him down. Because let me ask it to you this way. Kevin Kruger played, to, or Bryce Hamilton played 27 minutes, never fouled out. They had him on the floor for the final five, final four minutes of the game. Would you rather get 27 minutes of Bryce Hamilton and he's on the floor for the final four minutes or 33 minutes of Bryce Hamilton but he fouls out with three minutes to go in the game. Well, I think the way they play, you, you want the 33 minutes. Right. That's I mean, what that's you want. really, uh, you said it before earlier in the show, that's all they run through yeah. is, is ball screens for him. So I want six more minutes and maybe, I mean, how many points does he score in six minutes? But anyway. It's I a mean, good six minutes. It's 20. a good six minutes. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I want the more minutes for how they play the game and what their offense is. And that's how you should be looking at it. And again, that's a that's not exactly what happens. You could have left Bryce Hamilton in the game and he could have picked up his fifth foul yeah, right we have away. No idea what would happen. He plays less right. than 27 minutes. But... The trap that coaches fall into in college basketball is they effectively punish their players before they actually get to five fouls. And there's some logic behind it, but they coaches are taking their players out of the game for longer than they need to. In that game, Bryce Hamilton, he picked up his fourth foul with like 615 to go. Hamilton took or Hamilton came out of the game and UNLV played uh, about two minutes without Bryce Hamilton on the floor. They had four offensive possessions in that time. They scored on just one of them without Bryce Hamilton on the floor because he's the offense. He's the number one guy. If he stays on the court, obviously he could foul out of the game, and that's what Kevin Kruger was afraid of. But if he stays on the floor, you probably score on more than just one of those four possessions because they were scoring at much better rate than one of four possessions before that. And here's the other part of it, specifically to Bryce Hamilton. He is the type of player you should be aggressive with when it comes to foul trouble. He is not an aggressive defender. He is not Keyshawn Gilbert or no, in fact, Royce Hamilton. A couple of times he just let guys go because he had right. four because he had four fouls. And that's fine because Bryce Hamilton's value is not on the defensive end. Bryce Hamilton being a passive defender is perfectly fine, right? Keyshawn Gilbert being a passive defender means Keyshawn Gilbert's useless because Keyshawn Gilbert's value right. is he's an active defender. Same with like a Royce Ham, same with a Victor Ewalker, right? Those guys are very active defenders. 
And if they're passive defensively, they're not giving you much value. But Bryce Hamilton's going to give you value even if he's a very passive defender, even if he's very inactive, even if he's not aggressive trying to block shots or go for steals or take charges, right? He can avoid all of that and still give you a ton of value because of what he does on the offensive end. He's the exact player you should be trusting to play through foul trouble because he can do it, right? The one issue that you run into is teams have gotten better at taking charges against Bryce Hamilton. Right. That started to happen more at the end of conference play here. Teams have started. I think he had two in that game against Boise State. So there is the issue of, hey, he's going to drive in and they might take a charge and boom, he's out of the game. But I think that's the risk you're willing to take. You tell Bryce Hamilton, listen, don't give up a layup, but you know, don't don't go for an unnecessary shot block or an unnecessary steal, right? Like be very cautious, be very passive defensively. So to be yourself. Right. That's fine because that's who you are. We need your offense as much as possible because we need you to play 38 minutes in this game, not 27. Step back one-legged. What kind of shot is that? What is that for? I love that that sound, but that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. You got to make them try to take those shots. You can't be be fouling. You got to force them onto one leg so that they have to take a shot. No, that's the opposite order. So I don't we're know saying if Bryce Hamilton, just let him take layups. Yeah, <laughs> just let him take layups. That's fine. But he is the exact player that you do that for. So I think Kevin Kruger made a fairly big mistake when it came to taking Bryce Hamilton out of the game. Because he, he only played 27 minutes, and he did not foul out of the game. Kevin Kruger effectively fouled him out yeah. of the game by not playing him as much. Kevin Kruger is not the only coach that does this. This is a this is pretty much every coach in college basketball does this. There's oh, actually two fouls in the first, you're out. Doesn't so, matter who you are. Um, you'll like this. Ken Palm actually tracks coaches and how aggressive they are when they play guys in foul trouble. So Kevin Kruger this year ranks 131st. So that's slightly above average is what he is in terms of playing guys that have two fouls in the first half. So he's a pretty normal basketball coach when it comes to dealing with this isn't some thing that only Kevin Kruger does wrong, right? This is something that all coaches uh, effectively, I think they mess up on because you should be more aggressive with it. You should be playing guys through foul trouble. I'd love to know who the top few are. Yeah, I can look it up for you in a second here. Tell you who actually play guys with fouls all the time. Usually it ends up being um, not so much coaches that believe they, they should play guys through it. It ends up coaches that only have like five good players. And so they just, yeah, you're not coming off the floor. You are staying out there for the entirety so the of the game. <laughs> Number one, okay. Little Rock. There you go. Arkansas Little Rock right. plays their guys uh, through foul trouble more than anybody else in college basketball. Okay. So it's uh, Little Rock, Florida A&M, Portland, Oakland, <laughs> and IUPUI. Well, there's your... There's your premise of teams yeah. with only five good players. They might not even have five good players, to be honest with you. So They might but, have one who's in foul trouble and he's staying out there. <laughs> so there are your players that play through foul trouble. Uh, and if I'm reading this correctly, uh, Ken Palm also has bench minutes. Little Rock does actually use their bench. But Florida A&M, Portland, Oakland, and IUPUI, this is where they rank in bench minutes this year. 344, 333, oh, yeah. 357, 162. They've got like four or five players. Yeah. And they're like, they might they might not even have a seventh man. They have six guys total on the <laughs> roster. And so, yeah, you got in foul trouble. You just got to suck it up. The Mountain West team that plays the most through foul trouble is Air Force. Mm. Oh, well, there you go. So, yes. Bottom uh, you, team, bottom players. If you have good players, 
you can sit down your best players when they're in foul trouble. If you only have a couple of good players, you should probably play them through everything. The number two team in the Mountain West who plays through foul trouble is San, San Jose, Jose State. State. <laughs> a personal chef costs $180,000 a year, <laughs> according to the BBC. And now you got to pay that guy for the next 60 years of your life. And you don't make any income after you're 40. What I do is I'm I set up better than you. I literally go into a restaurant business with him and just go, all I want is a table each night. I don't want to own a restaurant. I want to do nothing while this guy makes me delicious food. Coming up next, Brad Spielberger joins the show. No, I, I, I think I would be good on him uh, staying inside at guard. I think I would just let him get some rep, get more reps there, get more comfortable there. Um, and then off you go, you know, going forward, I, you know, for, for them, uh, where they're picking at, at 22, uh, you know, I mentioned Tyler Smith. I wouldn't hate that at all. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now is Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. All right, Brad, I have an important hypothetical question for you. I tell you right now, you can make uh, sign a contract as an NFL quarterback to make $40 million a year, but you never win a Super Bowl. How low on the dollar amount are you going to guarantee that you win a Super Bowl? Okay, so you're saying subtract from $40 million and, and what number do I say? Right, I'll take this if I guarantee a ring. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I would go to maybe thirty, thirty-five. I really wouldn't go, go too far. Um, you know, you don't you don't want to get this massive discount, and then you know people argue you weren't you weren't good enough to win without it, and all this, that, and the other. You should get your top dollar and, and still figure it out. See, I personally am taking as much money possible. I do not care about the Super Bowl. I hear you. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, you know, I, I obviously get what these guys would want to, and it depends on the context, maybe how long you've been playing. But for that first veteran extension, I, I don't care at all. <laughs> I took thirty and took the ring. I took thirty and took okay. the ring. I, I, ten. Yeah. Yes, our producer <laughs> yes, took our ten producer took ten. Dollars. So that's just where where he's at. Uh, Love the game. He likes the he loves the game more than we do. I guess exactly. Uh, well, we we can't talk enough about Derek Carr here. Um, he says that he'll you know retire Raider. He wants to be Raider for life. If he had to go somewhere else, he would retire. I don't think anyone believes that. Um, where do you think this settles? We're 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 thinking it's two or three years at like third year. What's his market value, and do you think they should extend him? Oh, I think it's going to be better, and I think it actually is going to be at that forty million per year number. Wow. The number I've been saying, and I'll I'll stick with it. It's five years, two hundred million. Uh, I think with, with this week we might see an Aaron Rodgers extension, and so that forty million number will look a little bit better once you see where that number comes in, and, and obviously, Cal, you know, Kyler Murray and other deals as well. But yeah, so that, that's where I think the market is for Derek Carr. Um, on Kyler Murray, really quick, what the hell's happening there? Do you like what did this like? Did he even give the Cardinals a chance to extend him before he apparently got mad about not having an extension? Right, it's crazy. It's February 28th. It's not even March yet. Josh Allen signed his extension in August last year. So they're about six months ahead of schedule on you know, demanding an extension, at least in my eyes. And like I said, you also you know at quarterback the market is going to go up. Obviously, you know maybe Murray has some questions as to whether the team's going to want to wait, like, like Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson or you know, Cleveland, Baker, Mayfield. But still, if you do want to push the issue, I would at least let a couple guys get signed and, and then see where the market goes from there. How much 
do you think Kyler Murray, like if he signed an extension right now, like what do you think that deal should look like? You know, I bet he's pushing for more than Patrick Mahomes' $45 million per year. And I know that maybe sounds crazy, but if you are a young franchise quarterback on that rookie deal that has shown he can elevate a team around him, can win football games, you know, he has two Pro Bowls, and yes, the Pro Bowl is the Pro Bowl. But nevertheless, I mean, those guys get extended and they, they top the market. We've seen that forever. We even saw it with Derek Carr back in the day. So, if I'm him, all of that, plus you had these new TV deals and the new revenue coming in, the salary cap should spike in 2023, and, and that's the first year they'd be buying out from Kyler Murray. So I, I think more than Patrick Mahomes, and maybe that's why there's already a bit of a perceived standstill. Just saw a report that Cleveland might be interested in a guy uh, we know well here in Marcus Mariota to come in and at least compete with Baker Mayfield. Where, how, on, how solid ground is Mayfield in Cleveland? I think it's actually a great idea for Cleveland. Uh, you know, bringing a guy with a very different athletic skill set, and, and maybe you bring in for goal line packages, even if Baker Mayfield is playing. But you know, I don't think he's on the most solid of ground. We just talked about the quarterbacks, those young rookie quarterbacks that get extended early. I think what's unique in Mayfield's situation is his general manager Andrew Berry did not draft him first overall, and so I think sometimes there's this connection, there's this impetus to want to extend the guys you took and kind of double down that you believe in the guy that you made a good pick at the time and there's not that pressure there and so obviously did not get a deal done last offseason when Allen did and he was hurt the whole year but just did not play well I got a feeling they're not really engaging on extension talks and they're comfortable letting this deal play out have the Saints set themselves up to be doing this for the end of time where they have to restructure everyone's contract every offseason just to get under the salary cap you know, so, so the, the cap drop did kind of kill them. Toward. This is their approach. This is their strategy. And, and they're comfortable spending a lot of cash and finding ways to make that fit on the accounting mechanism that is the salary cap. But I think they're going to try to ease out of it. Part of it was, let's go crazy with Drew Brees on the roster. And they had a lot of older players, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, good on the list, Malcolm Jenkins, that they wanted to be there for that stretch. And then once Brees retires, they can't exactly just get rid of all those guys. So, you know, I think it's going to continue for this offseason, probably next offseason, but maybe now that Sean Payton's gone, they don't have a franchise quarterback, they'll reel it in a little bit and get ready to spend, you know, once they do find that quarterback. Should the Colts keep Carson Wentz? Uh, if they can find someone to take him off their hands, I would go ahead and do it. Uh, the tough part <laughs> is, you know, you don't have a first-round pick, you're not going to get one from anyone for him, for sure. Um, so I don't know what you do at the position uh, for 2022, but yeah, if they could get get out from underneath his money, I, I'd probably do it. Do you have an idea who's going to be the best player that'll be a salary cap casualty cut this off season? Yeah, I think James Bradbury, the cornerback in New York, is on that list. You know, frankly, I think he, he a true cap casualty is a guy that is still a good player and should be on the roster, but for their cap hit, and I think because. The Giants restructured him twice because of how poor their management has been for the last several years. He doesn't really deserve to get cut, in my opinion, but I think he could. Um, he's probably top of the list for me. Uh, you talked about Aaron Rodgers this week, and maybe he, you know, wants Devontae. He wants Devontae Adams, but it, there's been talk about franchising and tagging him all uh, all along. Yet, I think the Packers said they're not going to do that. What do you think ultimately plays out, especially if Rodgers comes back? Yeah, so, you know, the deadline is March 8th, and I do believe general manager Brian Gutekunst saying he would prefer to avoid using that tag, and, and I think teams do not want to not do that. But end of the day, that means they have to come to a long-term extension, um, and I think it's going to be hard in the next eight days to get that done. Uh, and so if they don't, they are going to place that tag. But I do expect a multi-year deal to get done there, and I think 
it's going to fall in the 25 to $30 million per year range, which you know might sound crazy, but that's how good Devontae Adams is. How bad do you think the Packers roster is at the end of the day if they do bring back Adams and Rodgers, given that they are similar to the Saints, have to get under the cap before they do any of that? You know, I think the biggest thing for them was the emergence of Rashawn Gary. And, I mean, the main cuts that we're going to see, I think, is going to be the Darius Smith, who obviously came into Green Bay his first season as a free agent. I want to say had 90-plus quarterback pressures and led the NFL in pressures per our grading. And, and I think if that loss was as huge as it, as it was perceived to be coming into the season, you start to panic. But Rashawn Gary steps up, has a very good season. Darius Smith barely plays. I don't see many other notable cuts. I mean, maybe Adrian Amos at safety. Maybe they can't keep Devontae Campbell and Rasul Douglas, the, the two big free agent additions they made last offseason. But you got to remember, they signed both of those guys in, in August for you know $2 million off the street. So maybe they can do that again. So I, I wouldn't panic yet if I'm in Green Bay. Does anything happen with Russell Wilson? At this point, I don't think so. And I really thought it would for the longest time. I, I think end of the day, Pete Carroll, 70 years old, wants to try to make something happen, at least be a contender in some respect. And, and for that reason, I just don't see him going anywhere. So, end of the day or end of the offseason, Jimmy Garoppolo is the best quarterback to change teams? I think he's going to be the bell of the ball, yep. <laughs> That's fun. He is Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Brad, we appreciate your time this Thanks, morning. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, thank you. You know what I hate about the NFL? that the salary cap structure can be so complicated that the Saints and the Packers can be like, ah, we're $50 million over, but we're just going to restructure six guys' yeah. contracts. And now all of a sudden, we're under the salary cap. Why is it so confusing? How can you have six guys agree to that? Well, because they, I mean, right they get money right now. I mean, I guess they get cut or they get the money. Yeah, exactly. You always, like, I don't, know if, I don't know if always is the right word, but it's always you're giving them more guaranteed money to then push the cap hit further into the future. Because I think you convert stuff to a signing bonus is one of the main ways yeah. to do it. So they get more money right now, but their salary cap hit now is extended like three extra years or something stupid like that. I, I it's a general concept. assume this hasn't happened to you guys in a really long time, but every once in a while, when you open your bank account and you're expecting it to be negative or very, very low, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my paycheck hit early. And there's a that is exactly the reason why you go, how much money are you giving me right now? Right now. Like, I can open it. It's in there? Okay, yeah, whatever. Cool. Oh, yeah. Like, I know that we've talked a lot about long-term IR and hockey and the Golden Knights, you know, playing, yeah, with, playing the cap, with it. Right? And, like, there was the whole year where they sent guys back and forth to, to the AHL to save money every day on the cap. Like, there's some confusing parts of the NHL. But it is nice in the NHL that if you sign a guy, to a five-year deal where he gets paid $25 million total, he's going to count for $5 million against the salary cap every single year. Right. And that does, the only way that changes is if he gets hurt and he's not on the roster, right? Which, fine, whatever. Guy gets hurt, you cannot count him against the cap. But that's it. There is a nice part about the NHL where it's not, well, he's $2 million this year, he's $7 million the next year. If we give him a signing bonus now, that drops to $3 million, but in 2028... We still are going to have to pay him $2 million. And if we accidentally don't cut him by one of these four arbitrary <laughs> dates during the year, we wind up owing him some sort of fraction of what we said we were going to owe him. But we do are charged 100% against the cap. And if we trade him, then there's some dead money that counts against the cap. Yeah. And like Jared said, there's that arbitrary date where if we trade him after that, that dead money just goes away. It's very stupid. 
It's like unnecessarily complex. But I think if I had to guess, it goes back to NFL contracts not being fully guaranteed. Yeah. NHL contracts yeah. are fully guaranteed. Right. So are baseball contracts, right? The NFL is like, well, we didn't guarantee that. So we don't want it to count against our salary right. cap. If we cut the guy, why would that happen? So that's probably where it comes back to is not having guaranteed contracts. All right. Here we go. Last giveaway of the day. We got tickets to the Pennzoil 400. NASCAR is coming out to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway March 4th through the 6th, and we've got a pair of tickets to the Pennzoil 400 on March 6th. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702-364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to go to the Pennzoil 400. We'll take caller number 11 at 702-364-1100. Tyler tips it away. Here he goes. Other end. Throws it down with the right hand. Skips through the baseline to see if the crowd enjoyed it. Not the way you did, Heat Nation. You're locked in the press box. Congratulations to Audrey. She is going out to NASCAR. Uh, Nick won tickets to the Mountain West Tournament. And Matt, earlier in the show, won tickets to the Pac-12 Tournament. Uh, We'll have some more giveaways throughout the week, so make sure you stay tuned. Got plenty of chances for you to win to go see some events here in Las Vegas. A... Congratulations to the UNLV Lady Rebels. They did, in fact, clinch the regular season title uh, of the Mountain West. They beat Colorado State on Saturday. So they win the championship, regular season championship outright. They will be the one seed in the Mountain West tournament. Uh, If they do win that, they will go to the NCAA tournament, but they will be the favorites. It's been a really long time. Has been a long time. I saw that. When when is the last time they went? The 90s? No, winning the regular season title. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's been a while. Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot. 30-something years? Yeah. I think that's that might be similar to the last NCAA tournament appearance too, right? Yeah. It was, it was a long time yeah. ago. It was in a long the 90s there. Um, but I did want to end the show talking about one of the funniest things I've ever seen in the sport of soccer. Chelsea and Liverpool played in the Carabao Cup final. Very important tournament. But there was a championship. You win a trophy. They played to a scoreless draw through 90 minutes. They played 30 minutes of extra time. Nobody scored. So they went to penalties, right? Well, before they got to penalties, three minutes left in extra time, Chelsea subbed on their backup goalie, Kappa. Um, Aretha, I don't know how to say his last name. It's very long. There's a lot of Zs in there. Um, they subbed on their backup goalie because he's very good at stopping penalties, right? So they brought him in. What, Subban. What, what we talked about in the mm-hmm. NHL, we're yeah, like, Subban. why wouldn't you bring in Subban? Right. Nobody can score on that guy in penalties. It's a great thing to do. They actually did this in soccer. Chelsea actually did this, brought on their backup goalie just because he's good at penalties. In the penalty shootout, Liverpool scored 11 straight goals against this goalie. <laughs> and if you if you know how many players are in soccer, uh, there are 11, which means the other team's goalie scored on the goalie that was brought in to stop penalties. But that also means that Chelsea scored. I was going to say all Chelsea their scored theirs too. Which means the goalie that was brought on to stop penalties allowed eleven straight, and then he had to step up and it score a penalty. The game winner, and he missed, oh. and Chelsea lost. So the goalie they brought on specifically for penalties allowed all eleven Liverpool players convert. to score, and then he was the only one to not score out of twenty-two players to kick the ball. Now, that's funny. That it's, is amazing. It is quite possibly the worst substitution in the history of sports. <laughs> in the history of sports. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Every once in a while, whenever I was a kid, when we'd get blown out, they'd throw me in a basketball <laughs> game. And that was, uh, 
but you were already losing. He was brought on (laughs) to win this specific skills competition, and he is one of the rare times you can say this. He is the sole reason they lost. Right. He is the sole reason. All of his 10 teammates made their penalties. He did not stop a single one of 11 (laughs) from the other team. And then he missed his penalty. And it wasn't close. He kicked this thing 30 yards over the crossbar. He was not going to get free Lights FC tickets. No, he was not. (laughs) Was not even close. Um, (laughs) It is one of the funniest things I've seen in sports. In in hockey, whenever they go to the shootout, is there a point where the goalie, like if they just keep going back and forth and no one can stop anything, do the goalies have to go? I believe they let them shoot again. If they get oh, okay. through the entire roster, they just go they back, just go back the to the roster. Go back to the first I mean, guy. in soccer, had both goalies scored, they would have just gone back to the start. Oh, I got it. But I, I just am wondering, like, yeah. are we going to have Would Leonard to... take a shot? Leonard has to deke his way. <laughs> He's a big man. I mean, listen. be hard to deke. I would make this argument as a rule change in hockey. It's it's best of three in hockey, right? So if you go past three, the fourth shooter has to be the goalie for each team. Just for the fun of it, right? And then if they both presumably don't score, then, then you, you go can, back to the regular. You can resume to whoever the hell you want right. shooting it. But we I mean, should make it fun. And if you don't win in three, if it's still tied after three, get out there and let's shoot. Let's shoot Robin Leonard. Do you know how great that would be? Oh, if he- Leonard tried to deke somebody... <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Caught an edge and just went down. Not that we hope for in, that, but in, my goodness. Fell into the guy, and the goal just went completely crazy. Overtime, overtime he's hurt. Uh, they didn't bring up a backup, and so Darren Millard goes dropping down the out stair. There. Afterwards, Robin, you like shooting? You think I like shooting? You think I like shooting? You think I like that? I think they would all like it, wouldn't they? If you were I mean, a goalie, it'd be pretty fun. He never and you got to, to try to yeah. score? Gets to score at that big goalie yeah. stick. I think it'd be great. That'd be awesome. Like a one timer right in the guy's face. You got to keep your glove, your actual glove. <laughs> you got to you got to keep everything on. You right. got to keep everything on. Yeah, you yeah. can't take any no, equipment off. You can't take off. anything off. You got to use your goalie stick, and it'll be good. By the way, on bad substitution, did you see Detroit over the weekend? Their starter. You mean when gave, it was ten to nine? Their starter gave up yes. like four. They brought in the backup. He gave he stunk, up like three. And they brought the starter, they brought back, the starter in. back into the game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he hadn't left the arena by then. <laughs> <laughs>